Good morning. Good morning, St. Paul. This is your unbougie foodie, Wesley Wright. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, it is the 10 o'clock hour. You know, our weather outside is looking promising. Uh, Always promising in this case to go out and enjoy. uh, Hopefully we're going getting into spring. But... Once again, I want to thank you so much for joining me here on the Unbougie Foodie. Very interesting subjects that we're going to be talking about, um, you know, such as uh, Middle Eastern restaurants, uh, places that you can actually visit within the Twin Cities. Um, I have a recipe that I'd like to mention. I think you probably saw it on my Facebook page. If you've not already visited my Facebook page, please make sure you do so. Uh, again, it is the Unbougie Foodie. You could also find out information um, on other social networks uh, such as Twitter, uh, as well as, well, Twitter, of course, uh, being at Unbougie Foodie, uh, and then Instagram at the underscore Unbougie Foodie. You can find pictures and places that I've gone to and if you're interested, maybe one day you might have an opportunity to <laughs> come and have lunch with me. But I want to start things off uh, this morning um, talking. You know, I was online and just researching and I come across uh, these two, they're, they're brothers, um, Terry L. Ramey and Justin Ramey. They are both chefs and, you know, they're hardworking um, chefs right now. And they're they're really entrepreneurs at that, too. And I bring that up because not only are they they have a secular job that they do, you know, long working, long hours. But then on the side, you know, they have their creation that's called Black Streak Kitchen. And that's not black street as, you know, what we ride down and everything, but streak, like you take a pen or pencil and you draw a streak across a piece of paper. Anyway, black streak kitchen. So S T R E A K kitchen. Um, They are co-founders and what it is, they are again, as I mentioned, they're brothers. They have a love for food and they have a love for comics as well as animation Um, and just the creativity as on a whole. Um, I came across their, um, their website, if you would. Uh, Gosh, I can't remember what I was looking at, but somehow or another it caught my attention because they are creating comic books. And I know that might seem okay. Well, comic books and chefs, well, they are lending their culinary talents to be creative. And that's how they came up with Black Streak Kitchen. Um, you know, So they use their culinary artistry uh, as well as you know, their their love for animation and again um, for creativity to make this comic book. And it comes out on a monthly basis. But a little bit more about them, you know, on their website, uh, they were asked, well, why did they actually create Black Street Kitchen? Um, they wanted to educate children uh, as well as teens and just families in general. And 
it could even apply to you know young adults or older adults too that they seem to have this hesitation towards cooking uh, or being in the kitchen but again what black street kitchen is attempting to do is show the importance of eating healthy um and finding delicious foods or recipes that can be done in the comfort of your home um you know they tell you all the ingredients uh to per- uh, to obtain as well as you know measurements and and whatnot um but again, they're mentioned that they're bringing awareness to the importance of combining the right ingredients uh, to create delicious meals that would better your health as well as your quality of life. Um, you could find them at www.blackstreakkitchen.com. Oh, again, all one word. Um, they have monthly issues for their comments that come out. Um, and they're delivered right to your inbox. So these are digital comics. So it's not one that's actually going to be coming to your home. So um, these comics are done on a, a subscription basis. But again, uh, just to give you an idea, uh, looking on their uh, menu, if you would, for what the recipes are for this month's um, comics, gourmet turkey burger with coconut uh, sugar sweet potato fries honey ginger shrimp stir fry and quinoa sunshine stew and that's vegetarian and then roasted cauliflower stir fry also vegetarian so the keep in mind that wherein they are providing these recipes um they're being they're really trying to cover the health conscious portion all around Uh, not only just cooking at home and well but also uh, a diverse use of culinary uh, artistry so you know if you're not a vegetarian they have that uh, meals or recipes available for you and if you are a vegetarian like the two that i mentioned some sunshine stew and also the roasted cauliflower uh, stir fry. Those are both vegetarian. So again, they're not just concentrating on just one type of food. They are trying to, um, or they're making sure, I should say, that they are being diverse and inclusive when it comes to what type of foods are actually being placed in the uh, in the comics. So. Uh, I'll mention a little bit more on how they got their name, but you know, as I mentioned, these are on a subscription basis. Uh, you get a comic issue every month, again with four recipes, um, two with meat, and then two vegetarian. And just to give you an idea of what the subscription is, and again, keep in mind, you know, for comics and the work that they're doing, I looked at their website. And uh, what they have put together um, is is very it's it's actually impressive. Um, But the subscriptions for uh, a month by month basis is five dollars and ninety nine cents. So six dollars for a three month subscription. It's seventeen dollars and ninety seven cents. Six months is thirty five ninety four. And then for an entire year is seventy one dollars and eighty eight cents. So, I mean, you are getting, considering that you're getting recipes 
uh, in your inbox. Um, it gives you an opportunity to, you know, for conveniently uh, getting these recipes, supporting these um, these young men um, in their endeavors. Um, and then, you know, with your family, you're eating more healthy. Uh, you're being creative and showing your children and even, you know, getting that confidence yourself on cooking more at home. Now, of course, as you know, this is a show, this is a show about either going out uh, and enjoying good food, maybe at a restaurant or even going over to a friend's house that's cooked or cooking at home. It's again, the Unbougie Foodie is not just about going out. So that's why I'm bringing articles or items such as this to your attention so that you have the opportunity to enjoy the food or food in a way that is helpful or pleasing to you because maybe you know considering budget and finances not everyone has an opportunity to go out to enjoy a meal but i kind of diverted away from black street kitchen and how they got their name i want to mention that because i found it was it was unique and even they mentioned it too and i i touched on it very briefly the whole fact that you know they like animation and creativity um but they explain how they got their name uh it's not only a company about just food and culinary arts but it's a visual visual arts so everyone likes to see the type of food that is being created, especially, you know, when they have a menu or a recipe, excuse me. Uh, but here they're putting all of that together. So with any artwork and I've, I've really learned that because my sister is an artist and she's a painter and I know so many other artists as well. They could tell you how important that that first stroke of a pen or a brush, um, whatever article that they are uh, or instrument they are using um, to start um, an art piece. And that's what they're mentioning here is that with any artwork starts with a black streak. Um, and that black streak then eventually becomes a complete work of art. And so likewise, uh, black streak, kit, black streak, I have to keep saying it that way, streak, kitchen, um, they combine the concept of that of visual arts and culinary arts, um, you know, so that you could take that signature character that they have and comedic artwork into the kitchen with you. Uh, and it's also making it fun makes it engaging um, you know and again that's for both family for teens families kids so make sure you visit their website again that's blackstreakkitchen.com and learn something you know about more about men different menus uh, or recipes that you could have fun with your children with trust me you you, you won't be disappointed. I hope everyone is getting ready for Valentine's Day. Here we are, what? The 11th? <laughs> you have three more days. <laughs> are you getting that piece of chocolate? Maybe some roses? I'm... <laughs> I am... 
a little biased towards Godiva because I used to work for them, but I'm I'm quite sure that there are other chocolatiers out there as well. But this particular month, I know that Godiva chocolate sells a large amount of chocolates um, and chocolate pieces, and you could customize them. They have beautiful boxes, you know, for that special loved one. A lot of times it's the guys that's actually buying this box for their female friend. (laughs) So they're just so beautiful. And again, I'm not really promoting Godiva at the moment because, as I mentioned, there are many other chocolatiers that are within um, the city. Um, I know that. See, I. This just came to me, so it wasn't like I was prepared with talking about chocolate, but. For some reason or another, someone was walking outside and they had some candy. I was like, man, <laughs> there are, as I mentioned, there are a number of chocolatiers that are within um, the city, uh, even within St. Paul specifically. Uh, gosh, I think there is a place called Dr. Chocolate, if I'm not mistaken, in St. Paul. Probably is. I have to look it up. In the meantime, if you are preparing for that special day that you'll be spending with that special loved one, make sure that you do it right. It doesn't have to be always about chocolate. A good meal prepared at home, giving them an opportunity to enjoy good food with you. Hopefully you're the one cooking. <laughs> or vice versa, whichever. Spend it with that loved one and uh just make sure that you do it you do it right and <laughs> it's easy to get lost there. Let's move on. So recipe time it's a, and it's a simple recipe very very um brief uh and i think when i saw it it was i the first thing i thought of was going to a dinner party so the recipe the name of the recipe you'll see it on my facebook page on at the unbougie foodie it is bacon cheeseburger ball, meatballs i know That sounds kind of odd. (laughs) But considering that they are bite size or just maybe one or two bites, uh, they're really appetizers. Uh, They really are perfect. Uh, And really, they are meatballs that are stacked with all ingredients for that can be called basically a bacon cheeseburger. Um, And, you know, this information... um, I'm giving credit to the individual that or website, if you would, that I was doing research on um, an affair from the heart dot com. And, you know, again, they have it as an appetizer recipe. Very, very simple. I think maybe the hardest thing to do if you are a person that likes to do your own meatballs, you certainly can. I don't have a recipe for the meatballs right now, but they have made a suggestion on already pre-made meatballs and you just simply follow the packaging instructions. So 
I'll run down the ingredients to give you an idea of one, how simple it is, but then two, it's not a lot of ingredients or anything too difficult that you have to worry about. And again, it's an amazing um, appetizer, one or two bites, and your guests will really enjoy it. And the great thing about it too is that you could not, you don't have to have it just as a bacon cheeseburger. You could add so many other different items, mushroom, Swiss, whichever. But again, let me go down the ingredients. First off, um, and this is just a brand. So again, you could create your own for an affair of the heart.com. They suggest using farm rich original meatballs. I don't think I've ever had that brand. And if we have that brand, maybe I'm not aware of it. Does anybody know if Cub has it? <laughs> I'm kidding. The next item or ingredient is American cheese. And that's cut in small pieces. Next is pre-cut bacon slices cut in small pieces. Uh, pre-cut. Pre-cooked bacon slices cut in small pieces you could, now that means that you're going to have to do some work of course on all of this so just be prepared iceberg lettuce or you could use romaine I, I like romaine iceberg just seems so I don't know so regular <laughs> romaine is I, I think a, a much better and pleasing aesthetic um, you could possibly use some other type of lettuce like Boston lettuce or maybe a, a red leaf lettuce add some color add some drama <laughs> to your appetizer but in any case in whatever lettuce that you're using you're going to cut it into small pieces the last ingredient is grape tomatoes and those are going to be cut in half and you might say, oh gosh, um, that's a lot of work for those small tomatoes. Um, there's a YouTube video out there. Just you know, search by YouTube and say how to cut a, a bunch of grape tomatoes. <laughs> Very simple. I mean, literally, you wash the grapes, you place it in between two uh, plates and with a very sharp knife. So you have to be skilled with your knife. You have to be very skilled and careful. Uh, certainly you know, be, take every precaution and then just simply slice the grapes. And you, you could do that with like five or six at a time. And literally you will be done in no time. So that's the, that's not even in the recipe. That's just something on the side that I'm, I'm mentioning. So keep that in mind. Uh, there are so many different, even with food, DIY things that you could do to get things done in the kitchen <laughs> very efficiently and effectively so anyway with the bacon cheeseburger balls you have all the ingredients told you what those were the instructions though um again very there are six steps maybe one or two in the middle but pretty much six so you're going to bake up as many as the meatballs. And again, they're referring to the farm rich original meatballs. And again, just follow the whatever packaging 
whatever the package instructions um, you know direct you how to do that or again if you're making your own meatballs which you know it's it's probably it's not difficult and you could probably even freeze those and if you're making a large amount and then use them again at another time use them for other purposes like spaghetti or some other pasta dish nice cream sauce and mushrooms <laughs> i'm just giving you ideas as it comes to me <laughs> but anyway with the, after the um, doing the meatballs or while the meatballs are cooking you want to cut um, the small pieces of american cheese um, to melt on top when the meatballs are baked then you want to stack your desired uh, tooth uh, toppings on toothpicks um for instance, the piece of bacon, uh, a small piece of the iceberg lettuce or whatever lettuce that you're planning to use, and then the half uh, grape tomato. When the meatballs have completed, you know, their baking time is completed, then you want to take uh, each meatball and put a slice of cheese um, on that meatball and then place it back in the oven for just a few more minutes just so that the cheese melts. Now, again, I, I get sidetracked because I'm thinking already of what I'd like to have. And I mentioned it earlier when I started the talking about the recipe. But I could see possibly if you're going to do a mushroom and Swiss, I like mushrooms. I, I could see mushrooms on there. So after you do your bake your meatballs you want to take that piece of swiss cheese and actually i would put the meatball mushroom and then the swiss cheese and then have that swiss cheese melt over the mushroom and over the meatball so good i can just see it now it's just mouth-watering talking about it after the meatballs are done, after you've let the cheese melt on the meatball, um, you want to actually take that meatball and poke the already stacked skewers you know, into the meatball. So, again, keep in mind that here you already have your toppings, which is the grape, tomato, the lettuce, and the bacon. And you have separately the meatball, the cheese, and... Oh, I, I want to say mushroom, but whatever item, other item that you have <laughs> baked over the meatball um, and then just skewer it and put it on a plate and serve. I mean, literally, uh, you there's nothing other anything extra that you would need to have along with this appetizer. Yes, of course, you could probably add some ketchup or whatever, but you'd hope that, you know, with that one or two bites it for of the meatball, it's juicy enough or tender enough uh, and that all the different flavors of the other ingredients that you've stacked on it would help heighten that appetizer even more without anything else. Of course, there probably will be someone that says, hey, well, cheeseburger if it is supposed to be a cheeseburger uh, meatball or bacon cheeseburger meatball. Where are the condiments? Where are the mustard? And, uh, you know, what if I do want to add a little bit? OK, fine. You could add those two. 
just make sure you add them probably in a little a small dish so that you know it makes it so much easier to just pick up the toothpick and just pop it in your mouth so make sure you're not making it too too big <laughs> and it does actually say that's the last step actually on <laughs> the recipe if you would is to serve the meatballs with ketchup mayo and mustard dipping sauce if desired I don't think you need to have it when you look at that picture of the recipe you'll you'll understand that really you don't I don't think you need to have anything else along with that but you know, if you feel that you need to fine <laughs> if you make it out there please take a picture and hey send it to me I'd be more than happy to share it on the Unbougie Foodie Facebook page. And if you have any recipes that you would like to share, please feel free to contact me, the Unbougie Foodie. You could send me an email at theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com. Or again, leave a message on my Facebook page, comment, like, <laughs> subscribe. At the Ambuji Foodie. You know, if I make anything or if I'm going somewhere and I'm open to sharing, I'm always open to sharing that food. You'll find that on Instagram, which is the underscore Unbuji Foodie. And then Twitter is at Unbuji Foodie. So make sure that you, again, this show is for you for you <laughs> it really is giving you an idea of what is in the community what certain places can you visit and someone has already if you would provided some type of review or told you what their experience is and you could maybe equate that and say, hey, I'd like to have that same experience. Or maybe that dish, the way that it was described on the Unbougie Foodie, sounded wonderful. It sounded amazing. And I want to have that same exact dish. Or something different. So don't, you know, again, this show is for you. I'm here providing a public service. <laughs> going out and making sure that restaurants in the neighborhood you're introduced to them in from my experience so if you have any questions like I've already mentioned but if you have any questions like hey where is there a good sushi restaurant or have you gone to this place what do you recommend please feel free to contact me and I'll be more than happy to uh, give you a recommendation Especially if it's a place that I've gone to already. You know what? I was last week while I had friends here, uh, two other guests, and we were talking about uh, uh, Leo Laish. Oh man, Laishian <laughs> uh, cuisine. I wanted to mention that. It's been 26 weeks that I've been doing the Bougie Foodie. And that has been, uh, to me, it's a milestone. Uh, I appreciate W.E.Q.Y. and Station Manager 
giving me the opportunity to provide a, this type of show. You know, I do love talking about food or sharing food experiences with people within the community, friends, family. It it really is something that I like to do. So thank you all for listening for as long as you have. I know it's 26 weeks. 26 weeks, it, it seems to just simply have gone by so quickly. But when you think of it, that's half a year. I mean, we have 52 weeks out of a year. Yeah, 26 weeks, half a year. So I'm saying thank you now because it is, for me, I consider a milestone. When it becomes a year, who knows? There might be something special in the works. Uh, one year anniversary. If I'm still around, <laughs> if the show is still around, which I really hope that it is because I enjoy doing it and enjoy bringing interesting food choices and restaurants and just topics to you, to the community. So again, I just want to say thank you before I continue on with the rest of the show. Otherwise I was, I was, I wasn't going to forget. I was just going to get into other things and not have an opportunity to really say thank you to all of the listeners in the community across the city. Those that are streaming live. Thank you so much. Again, keep in mind that, uh, if you aren't able to hear the show locally through your local radio station uh, or radio, you can actually stream the show live as well by downloading the TuneIn app. And you can do that on any of your mobile devices, whether it be, you know, well, your mobile devices, your iPad, oh, you know, iPad <laughs> and any Android devices. Um, but. I also record my shows as well, so that makes it convenient. If you've missed the show, um, just know that following day or two after the show is aired, it would actually be available on SoundCloud. You just need to find me as The Unbougie Foodie. Uh, it is also available on other social media uh, podcasts, um, such as um, Stitcher, and I'm working on others, but specifically soundcloud and stitcher those can uh, you can definitely visit those websites uh, with stitcher uh, being that it is a podcast you are going to have the opportunity to immediately get that a notification or maybe an email if you're signing up for the rss feed and you'll find out that on stitcher it is called the unbougie foodie weekly so every week uh, there will be a posted um, feed of my show. So I want to thank Stitcher too and making that available. Um, but yeah, make sure that you're tuning in so that you don't miss out on any of these fun and exciting places uh, and topics that we talk about. So enough about all of that, all of the socialness, uh, social media information has been put out there for you let's continue on with the rest of the show um again i i'm always doing research and i know that i have talked about in the past um a organization nonprofit organization called appetite uh, for change 
and you're familiar with Appetite for Change because I've mentioned it in the past. Um, Colin Kaepernick recently donated uh, $25,000 to uh, Appetite for Change, um, and they were able to use that for a variety of different um, food needs within the community. But, you know, so I, I go to their website and just try to follow them as best as possible. I mean, they are a nationwide, national, nationally recognized, uh, if you would, organization, specifically because these young people, they made a video, which just so catchy. Um, and they've been so creative. Uh, the organization working that they've worked with um it's empowering them to continue on learning about not only business, but about food and eating healthy. And true enough, yes, there are so many different uh, convenient places that you can quickly drive into and get something to eat. Um, but here, the organization is also showing the importance to these young people. Um, and within their communities that you can have something such as a garden um, and take some pride in knowing that I'm growing something and I am eating healthy and I, I segue into you know I was on their website and they had a specific article on there that was entitled tips on growing a, sus a sustenance garden and you're thinking okay well a sustenance garden well if you there are any type of natural disasters or things that might actually happen during a natural disaster heaven forbid but let's just say that grocery stores weren't available or didn't have the opportunity to go to a grocery store to get the things that you need. Why not try to actually grow your own food and take care of your fam your your own family and maybe even other families within the neighborhood? Who knows? You might even come together and say, "Hey, this is, you know, within three or four families on a block. This is our little community garden. You know, maybe one family might have, you know, they really like to do peppers." Another likes to do leafy greens or vegetables, uh, other vegetables. Another one likes to do carrots and other root vegetables. Um, mind you, yep, you may not have uh, meat, but eating healthy doesn't always have to be about, or eating well, I should say, doesn't always have to be about having meat as well. You can have vegetables or items that grow uh, in you know, from the ground in the garden um, and be able to sustain yourself. And that was the importance of this article, Tips on Growing a Sustenance Garden. You want to be able to take care of your own family. Uh, people knew many years and years ago, you know, everyone knew how to grow food and to preserve it. Um, specifically, the, they made mention of a couple um, Ivan and Rachel Minnis, um, they have taken it to a, a different level um, with all the different types of food or vegetables that they are growing. Um, 
just the article just goes into detail about even if you're a first time person that is learning about gardening uh, it's a rewarding experience it's a, it is a learning experience but it is also a rewarding experience um and you know that if you if you remember the more you know <laughs> where the little star shoots across the sky and then it says the more you know anyway <laughs> but pretty much basically the same thing the more in this case the more you do it the more you do gardening the better you become at it yes there are going to be you know maybe something that's not going to go as well as you thought it was but they mention in the article again that the uh, that in establishing a sustenance garden, you have to start small. It's best to start small. Um, this in this way, it will help your knowledge base um, increase. You'll be able to f- produce enough food that fits just your needs, if you would, without any waste. Um, and if you know, again, because of, you know, you're doing it either season after season or time after time, um, your knowledge grows. Um, you could definitely make new friends uh, within the community, not just because, you know, they're wanting to come over and, hey, can I get some tomatoes from your garden? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that, that might be considered a compliment, too, because they, they were seeing these beautiful uh, vegetables and peppers and you know, herbs and so forth that are being grown in your garden. And they're like, wow, those are, those are beautiful. (laughs) Can I get maybe like two or three? So, you know, again, yes, it's for your family. And again, (laughs) you're trying to sustain life if you would, but you know, in the event that something should happen, you will have the knowledge and the experience in doing so. Um, you know, the article goes on to say that, you know, casual gardeners, they can enjoy fresh and seasonal vegetables during summer and fall. Um, and as we all know here in Minnesota, uh, if you are a person that has a garden or. Yeah, the hardest part is getting through the winter. Um, I do am not. So blessed, unfortunately, to have a, a garden. But that's not to say that you know, I, because I live in an apartment complex, but that's not to say that you might not be able to grow something within your, just something small, like some herbs or maybe some peppers or something. Or you know, I, I've seen some friends actually, they're growing what, uh, garlic? <laughs> I know that they're going to have to transfer that, but. You never know. You might be able to find a community garden and say, hey, you know, I have some garlic and would you all be willing to let me just have a little foot, square foot space (laughs) or something? You never know. But anyway, the casual gardeners, again, don't be don't be afraid of trying uh, the getting out there and getting your hands dirty and in in the dirt. Um, again, going back to the article being self-sufficient, um, it does take time. Um, you have to be patient, but there are so many different things that if you're not good at one, try something else, try uh, a root vegetable, try, 
uh, herbs. Try peppers, you know, ones that grow above ground or some type of fruit. Um, so, again, you don't have to be just doing one type and get discouraged if it doesn't turn out the way that you'd like. Um, try a variety of different uh, vegetables, fruits, um, herbs. Um, suggestions that they've given were, for instance, uh, smaller fruits such as strawberries, raspberries. Those are easy to grow. Uh, and then when you think about what you could do with those uh, when you do have a good size and you know you want to say crop or you produce quite a bit from uh, that for those fruits you can make jams preserves jellies uh, any type of really delicious treats with any of those um, there are root vegetables um, rutabaga uh, carrots potatoes um, onions so, uh, again, you have such a wide variety of different things that you could actually choose from. And, again, keep in mind, you don't need uh, a huge or acres of land. Or, or There are some friends that I know that are in Minneapolis. They use, like, their front yard or just it's like a pallet size. So, you know, a pallet size is not a pallet. It's not that huge. It's not that large that is about the size that they use for their garden and they're growing you know vegetables that they you know if anything the only thing that they have to go to the grocery store if they really truly want it is meat and then they probably go to a, a great butcher that gives up a great price but the fact that you're able to grow your own vegetables at home yeah why not so again those are just some ideas and some thoughts that um if you're ever interested in growing your own or having a sustenance garden, um, do a bit more research. And you know, I could definitely provide more information on that and uh, place that on the Unbuji Foodie and notes um, if you're interested in more information. Um, but certainly, um, be creative. Get out there and talk. You know never know who in your neighborhood you might be able to collaborate with and work with and they might just be waiting for someone to work with and share a garden with or create a garden with you never know <laughs> the Ambuji foodie is all about sharing food with people anyway so i'm always going to suggest that it's not always about <laughs> going out as much as I don't mind going out and eating alone, I'd really prefer sharing it with friends or letting friends be there so that we could I could get everybody's opinion and thoughts. And it's not just my review, if you would, of the experience or hearing what my experience is, but others that have appreciated or let me know what their experience is, you know, at a restaurant or at a friend's house eating food. The last topic I actually want to talk about, wow, gosh, maybe because I, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> the last thing that I want to mention or topic I want to touch on today, um, I talked about it at the top of the hour, is five Middle Eastern Middle Eastern restaurants to to visit or to go to in the Twin Cities. Um, there 
I am in the upcoming weeks. I'm actually going to be going to, I think, a Persian restaurant, uh, or it's. I'd say more of. Uh, uh, a, oh, I don't know what I would really call it, a tour of Persian restaurants. <laughs> um, there is a, a friend, um, an actor friend that uh, is very uh, he's from Israel and we are just trying to I'm trying to find different types of foods that I really haven't had or at least have not had in a very very long time Um, I've had Persian when I was I used to live in San Diego at one point um, and gosh that was 2007 or 8 anyway but again you could see how long ago that was so that was the last time Uh, and for myself my enjoying different various foods and cultures and so forth that's one that I have missed so when there was an opportunity for us to try to arrange that I definitely jumped on it so I am still learning, literally, because uh, some foods are not always the same as what we've probably thought. Um, Middle Eastern may not be the same as Persian. Um, just like I've learned that Laotian uh, cuisine is not the same as um, Thai, though very similar. So it's possible that you know Middle Eastern and Persian might be similar, but they are not the same because the different types of uh, the way the preparation is or how the cuisine is prepared. Spices, possibly. That's what I'm saying. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and he will be able to help uh, give us our ideas of you know the differences between. But for right now, and I just mentioned that only because I, I equated, you know, the Persian to Middle Eastern. Again, not saying that it is the same, but again, it's all a learning experience for all of us. First one I want to talk about, though, um, again, five uh, Middle Eastern restaurants to visit in the uh, Twin Cities. Um, again, this will be going across, you know, St. Paul, Minneapolis, you know, other areas of uh, the Twin Cities too so keep an open mind um, and again we'll just be mentioning them first place the first one is uh, Mimi's Cafe Mims I want to say Mimi's Mims Cafe Uh, Mims Cafe uh, is located at 1535 uh, Cleveland Avenue, um, that's North, Cleveland Avenue North, excuse me, in St. Paul. Um, they offer uh, kebabs, uh, hummus, um, and I've not had t- uh, turmeric rice, uh, but looking at the looking at this food is like okay i'm ready to actually visit there today (laughs) um 
but yeah uh it's how to describe it <laughs> so that you get a feeling of what it is like they use a lot of fragrance in their uh cuisines um cumin turmeric um but they this isn't everything that's being mixed in with whether they're doing kebabs um they're doing and i've not had this before but shawarma so i've got it and that what it is shawarma is shaved beef that's grilled with peppers and onions and if i have had it it's probably something called something different but anyway first time coming first time being here in minneapolis um i heard the word shawarma i didn't know what it was and someone had to um, explain it to me but it is a tasty dish from what i understand um and i believe they've even had it at the state fair at one point i think i remember seeing it and never got a chance to uh to taste it but uh very they offer flatbread flatbreads um and these the shawarma is you know provided on the flatbread um and the additional dipping sauces that they offer along with hummus and it's really light really fluffy and that's going to be interesting because i've never had light really light hummus <laughs> it's always a bit more firm but anyway uh definitely make sure that uh you keep mims uh in you know, that's on the top of your list if you would again they are located at 1535 cleveland avenue north and that's in st paul uh if you would like to actually go to their website you can actually do so by mimscafe.blogspot.com uh, and you know, make sure you check them out uh, next is Wally's Falafel and Hummus um, we talked about shawarma already but you know they are offering shawarma uh, with either chicken and lamb um, and they have their food at one point is being described as beasts that rotate in the window at Wally's. Uh, meat is, you know, is feathered down into a pita. So if you like pita uh, and enjoy Greek style pita with, with lamb or even uh, cuts of, of, of chicken, very uh, thinly sliced chicken, um, it's a lot of times paired with flatbread, um, slivers of pickle, chili sauce, um, ribbons of mayo. Uh, definitely visit Wally's Falafel and Hummus. They are located at uh, 423 14th Avenue Southeast, uh, Minneapolis. And you could visit them on at Wally's Falafel and Hummus.com. The third is Sheesh. Uh, sheesh, uh, it's apparently been around for quite a long time. Um, they've been near McAllister 
yeah they've been near McAllister uh, for a really long time within that neighborhood um, and even though they don't have any um, they don't have I guess a lot of Middle Eastern cultural uh, presence in that area they offered food that people are apparently talking about quite a bit so like with the others that we're also referring to they offer pita um, but shawarma uh, they do some for breakfast or you know if you would um, they offer sunny side up uh, eggs in uh, tomato sauce that's good with peppers and dollops of feta cheese and I think that's called um, chick- uh, oh wow chaksuka <laughs> I tell you it's hard to say this on the radio <laughs> chaksuka and I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly too c-h-a-k-s-u-c-s-u-k-a so forgive me if I am saying it incorrectly, but uh, they are offering that as an, in a euro or many other items in a euro, uh, as well as I mentioned in the pita. Oh wow, I can't even pronounce that one. <laughs> tatsiki, I believe, and that tatsiki—it's meat that's cubed and. Uh, Put on a Lebanese flat flatbread. Wow. I will definitely have to seek more into understanding um, the pronunciation. So Sheesh is located at 1668 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Uh, if you're to visit their website, please go to sheeshongrand.com. Uh, the next, I think number four is Big Marina Deli. Uh, taking, and it's funny because they indicated taking the yuck factor out of out of the buffet. Uh, Marina Deli they offer uh, favorites, both old and new. So, uh, wow, there's rice. Of course, that they offer yeah, with their euros, baklava. Um, I haven't had baklava. I'm not sure if anyone else has had it. I know it's like a a pastry. Gosh, I'm I'm, I'm looking at these uh, different items and so forth, and thinking I don't remember having any of these before. But purple dolmada, or there's that uh, Caribbean accent coming out <laughs> trying to <laughs> putting accents where they shouldn't be um, but they offer roast chicken and surprisingly you know with old with American style flair um, you know at a Mediterranean or Middle Eastern excuse me Middle Eastern restaurant uh, you know roast chicken mac and cheese <laughs> That's interesting, but it is a place also where you're able to build your own euro. So, Big Marina, they are open 365 days a year. Tuesdays, kids eat free. 
Um, they are located in Columbia Heights, and the address is 4755 Central Avenue. Uh, again, Northeast Columbia Heights. If you're interested in going to their website, bigmarinagrillanddeli.com. And then the last and final is Holy Land. Uh, Holy Land, it's, they've been getting notoriety from Oprah and so many other different places. I mean, different rest, uh, uh, food uh, art, uh, articles. Uh, they've been listed within uh, Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul uh, magazine definitely in city pages and in eater um they offer again great um middle eastern and mediterranean um, food um wood roasted kebabs and rotisserie or tandoori fired meat and of course they do gyros and it says try bulgarian feta by the pound wow interesting (laughs) at all of these places I'm quite sure because I'm so interested in finding out more about each one of well in this case Middle Eastern I could I could spend all day and at one point you know one of these articles does state that you literally can spend day going from counter to counter at each one of these restaurants and taste all these different flavors and so forth and but they lo- are located at 2513 Central Avenue Northeast in Minneapolis uh, to visit their website please go to holylandbrand.com and certainly make sure that uh, you take a visit to all of those places uh, I know I will summer's coming up I'm telling you people get ready Um, We are going to be experiencing quite a bit of enjoyment with uh, food food truck rallies that are coming up uh, and other new food venues that are going to be appearing and popping up aside from the ones that are already, you know, getting their grand openings and so forth. Revival, Lexington. uh, I'll be telling you a whole lot more, giving you a whole lot more information on others. But we are at the top of the hour. Thank you all so much, as always, for joining me, the Unbuji Foodie. As always, I want to thank you uh, for tuning in to WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side. As I end my show, as always, I want to encourage you never to let anyone tell you what kind of foodie to be, because really, it is all about the food. Until next time, take care.